Hey, Dadville listeners. It's John here. I'm here with my friend. Dave. Dave. There you are. I wasn't sure if you were here. Thanks no. for coming. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got um, hey, listen. We're doing another survey because we want to know you guys better. We oh. want to know what makes you tick. Gosh. What makes you get up in the morning? What makes you listen to Dadville mm. time and time again and, and send us money? Yes. Like you got, so many of you guys are doing. Wait. No, no, no. Real quick, quick. They, they, people send you money? Yeah. But they sit like in envelopes. Uh-huh. Yeah, just cash. It, uh, for us to split. It's it's always made up to just John. <laughs> it's like just, those two words, just John. Anyway, well, anyway, let, we'll talk about that I later. Well, or not. But there's a survey link in the show notes. Take a second. Click on the survey. Fill it out. We would be eternally grateful. And to say thank you, there's a little bit of a contest that we have going on. We're going to pick one lucky winner. Uh-huh. He's going to get some Dadville merch. That's right. You heard it right here. And also, you can send money to me, Dave Barnes. That's Just keep one, sending it the five, way you're sending it. Two, yeah. Hi, I'm Dave Barnes. And I'm John McLaughlin. And welcome to Dadville. Dadville is a podcast where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of awesome dadding. It's funny thoughts and deep talks. So please, enjoy your time here in Dadville and enjoy this episode with... Tom Douglas. Hey everybody, John here. Hey listen, the Christmas season, it's upon us. It's the greatest time of year. And I just wanted to remind you all that I have not one, not two, but three Christmas albums out there. Should you be looking for some Christmas music in your life right now? No pressure, but they're always there for you. Just like Dadville. They're just there waiting on your phone. Merry Christmas to all, and to all, a good night. So then he turns to me and he says, that's not a taco. That's my best friend, Pete. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I have never heard that story in English. I know. <laughs> the translation That's is so really, funny. really bad. Yeah. So oh, Christmas is next week, right? Uh-huh. And I was yeah. thinking about starting to shop for some presents. When you think yep. about a hip, cool gift, what comes to mind? Well, excluding our respective Christmas albums, mm-hmm. Dave, I'd have to put the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 very Gosh, high on that the list. is perfect. Uh, this is the top. Listen, I'm just saying this. Don't don't ever think it. But when you open your present, you need to forget. We've ever talked about this. When I give you your Christmas present, just like that never happened. Oh, okay. Also, if you look right into this laser, just right in. The okay, wait, 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 wait. Before you erase most of my short-term memory, as okay. you always do. I feel like <laughs> I can't. I don't know if I'm remembering that right. But anyway, we need to tell our listeners about the incredible deal our partners at Manscaped are offering right now. Well, can I tell you? Please. Jeez. Okay, here we go. In the man. Manscaped Performance Pack 4.0, you get their Lawnmower 4.0, trimmer, weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. Oh, man, and you always need a stylish you travel do. bag. You I've do. told you that a million oh, times. Million Let's times. break this down a bit, okay, Dave. Here we go. Okay? Here we go. The fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. We've all had them. We don't want to have them again. No. Thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. Yes. 
gosh, that's a relief. Plus, yep. the Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM 7, motor. A new, you only wanted five, and they said, let's give they you two more two in case. Yeah. Just to show off in front of your friends. A new multifunction on-off switch can engage a travel lock and gives you the ability to turn the 400K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Oh, and did I mention this trimmer is waterproof too? Oh my gosh, this is simply too gosh. good to be true, Dave. Yep. You can seal the deal with Manscaped's liquid formulations. Jeez. Their crop preserver deodorant okay. for before you leave the house. Okay. And the crop reviver toner for a mid-game sweat check. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, is time for the laser now? Almost, almost. Okay. Okay. But first, get 20% off plus free shipping with the code DADVILLE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code DADVILLE at manscaped.com. <sighs> okay, laser me. Hey guys, it's me, Dave. I love this time of year, and I especially love Christmas music. I've put out a few Christmas albums in my career, and last year I actually put out a new EP of Christmas songs called I Wish It Would Snow. I would love for you and yours to check it out in hopes that it could be a soundtrack for this holiday season. So if you're in need of some new Christmas songs, go check out my new Christmas EP called I Wish It Would Snow. Okay, so we we have, I'm going to say legendary. Legend. I like that. <laughs> You're like, not even fighting it at all. No, I'm You're just, just owning it. <laughs> Arms wide open. Yeah. Um, Tom Douglas is here with this week with us this week, and I want to say first of all that um, this was after a spurned earlier chance. We tried to get you on, and you said no. I don't want to do it. You. <laughs> I don't want to say you stood us up, but the, there was a spirit of um, superiority. Superiority. Yeah. That's the best. Well, I'll be honest with you. We made the appointment. I had it in my calendar. I looked at my calendar, <laughs> and about forty-five minutes beforehand, I just said, "I don't feel like doing that." Yeah, and yeah. I don't even feel like letting them know. So I'm just not going to show up. You know what it was? Up. It was your artist moment. It was yeah. you going. I don't want to go to this conference. I just today. don't want to do that. <laughs> And quite frankly, I'm just not going to do it. I respect it. I respect it. Oh my gosh. That was what, like, I, it is, it's embarrassing how much joy I get from, from, from that happening to people. Like I get it because I've done it and I just feel so much like, uh, I'm not alone. Well, we called you and we had you on speaker and I remember you, you said, I can be in the car (laughs) Yeah, I can be there in 20 minutes. And I remember feeling like, oh, I hate, like, yeah. this is totally fine for us, but I hate you on the other end. Like, you can't convey that it that it's totally fine. You know what I mean? Whenever that happens. Well, you are very gracious. You I'll always feel that. bad. I always feel bad yeah. when I'm on that end of it. Although I've never done that yeah, to right. a friend, right. ever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so Tom, to start Dadville, we always read what we call the brag sheet, which is just your yeah. bio. Uh, read mine first. Okay. <laughs> what if we start doing our own and then the guests? Wow. Well, I've been here about an hour, and they've been talking, so that really wouldn't be We're anything We're just starting to record different. right now, yeah. which is, uh, the warm-up felt really good. So yeah. this one is, is I'm going to warn you, it's a, it's, a, it's a really impressive kind of longer one, but I, I couldn't edit anything out because it was, it was too much stuff that mattered. So uh, here we go. Okay. Tom Douglas is an Academy Award, Golden Globe, and Grammy-nominated songwriter Jeez. after enjoying a 13-year career in commercial real estate, which we're going to talk about. Douglas got his first song recorded by Colin Ray at the age of 41. 
uh, Colin wasn't that age you were, I believe. That song, Little Rock, reached number one, earned a nomination for CMA Song of the Year, and achieved a millionaire award from BMI for receiving one million spins on country radio. Since then, Douglas has written numerous number one hits, including I Will Run to You by Lady A, Southern Voice by Tim McGraw, The House That Built Me by Miranda Lambert, and many others. The Grammy award-winning song, The House That Built Me, remained at number one on the Billboard chart for four weeks and earned uh, ACM's first-ever song of the decade award. Jeez, Tom. I just I didn't even know that. Doug- Douglas has written countless well-received songs for a wide range of artists, including... Keith Urban, Pink, which I like that they in the bio actually did the explanation. Uh, yeah, for, you got to put that. Eye. Yeah, mm-hmm. Luke, it's trademark. Luke Bryan, Celine Dion, Tim McGraw, Carrie Underwood, Florida Georgia Line, Kenny Chesney, Kane Brown, George Strait, Chris Jansen, and Colin Ray, among others. In 2011, Douglas's song "Coming Home" received an Oscar and Golden Globe nomination for Best Original Song. In 2014, Douglas was inducted into the Nashville Songwriters Hall of Fame, subsequently receiving a Grammy nomination for his song Meanwhile Back at Mama's, recorded by Tim McGraw. Some of Douglas's recent work includes Drunk Girl, recorded by Chris Jansen, which received 2018 Music Row Award Song of the Year. This is a joke, Tom. I mean, it's like, this is, I'm starting to feel so Well, much I'm almost 100, no. so I have. Hey, no, 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 that's not true. Not in God's eyes. Okay, uh, in February, <laughs> oh, I, I got to keep going. This what so did he stuff. just say? Not John, God, God doesn't know. see time like We'll edit time. it out. God <laughs> doesn't see time. Wow, that, <laughs> and was, your title. that was helpful. There's your title for the day. God doesn't see time. Yeah. Uh, okay, um, he also penned the song Dear Hate, recorded by Mirren Morris and Vince Gill, earning the Grammy nomination for the 2019 Country Song of the Year. Oh, boy, look at this. There's more. Douglas is currently signed to Sony and lives in Nashville with his wife, Katie. In February of 2022, Douglas released the film Love, Tom, which if you're listening to Stop, go watch that and then come back and listen, along with companion album uh, inspired by the motion picture, Tom. Love, Tom. Directed by Oscar-nominated and BAFTA-winning film uh, award-winning filmmaker Michael Lennox and written by Tom Douglas uh, and Tommy Douglas, Love Tom, is based on Douglas's much-lauded 12-minute acceptance speech um, given at the 2014 National Songwriter- Nashville sorry, Songwriters Hall of Fame, offering a message of hope to a desperate world. Uh, he also hosts, hosted, asked uh, host. Ross about this, host, well, let's say hosts, a podcast, a podcast, <laughs> I turned northern, a, pi- a podcast, yeah, podcast. so tell me about your fighter. Uh, Compliment. How you doing? We're Ross. How you doing, Ross? You good, buddy? Uh, <laughs> podcast called "So Tell Me About Your Father," with hit also hit songwriter Ross Kaufman. Um, I want to add a couple things here. Well, this one also wrote, in my opinion, one of I've told you this before, one of the greatest songs of all time that sadly never got its time in the sun, leaving October by Sons of the Desert. Yeah. I think. It may, I wrote this, it may top my chart of best songs never single. Wow. I love wow. that song. Yes, I do too. It is such a good song. Yeah. That okay, was so, so here's, here's what we ask people once we read this. Um, how do you feel hearing this? Like, what happens when you hear all of those things? Well, I think you left a lot of stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to go back and uh, amend the record if I... <laughs> Yeah, it's, you know, I have had my, I've had my bio read uh, in numerous occasions, and I think everybody feels pretty much the same, which is, gosh, if they only knew what a fraud I was. Mm -hmm. Um, And in another way, 
Well, if they knew what a fraud I was, they would, you know, peek behind the curtain and see it's just an old man pulling <laughs> strings. And, uh, yeah. And he's as desperate as anybody. In the other way, it all seems, you know, distant. And I think I, I do, I have made a conscious effort over time to push all that uh, in some direction. I try not to have too much of that around me i mean i i I almost feel like it's somebody else's life i appreciate it it's Mm -hmm. when i when you read the list of the songs that's what i particularly love Mm. i do love the songs i don't really even feel like i i mean i know this sounds disingenuous to say i don't really feel like i wrote the songs Mm. um i feel like the songs were I don't. Everything can sound cliche, but honestly, it kind of feels like at a certain moment in time, those songs were given to me. Yeah, you know, and uh, I just, I was, I just now, I really love those songs and 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 can appreciate them. But I, I think it's a danger to live too much in the, you know, in the past. All that's the past, and so I am very conscious and cognizant of always being forward thinking and today part of that's offensive part of that's defensive mm, because yeah. I'm, I'm six i'll be 70 in january so at my age i really am very cognizant of uh that you know the next thing and i at this point you know my career is different than it was 10 years ago at this point mm-hmm. i have let's just say two major songs that i have not written yet that mm. I am desperately trying to get my arms around. I can almost hear them. I can almost sing them, but I can't. And, um, you know, it's a, at this point, it's kind of, it's more of a solitary journey where I'm, it, it's, it's like my favorite book, The Old Man in the Sea, where I'm in a boat and I'm, I got to go five miles out mm. alone. Mm. And there is a huge marlin, a monster down lurking in the deep blue depths of the ocean and i have to be patient and see if i can get him that's one of the things that i i I admire you for a lot of reasons but uh one of the things that i think is always so inspiring about you is that you still love to do it like you do because i think i've got that same fire yeah love of songwriting and just the feeling of the need to do it like yes well i really wanted to talk to you about that because dave and i talk about songwriting and before we started recording we were talking about how dave dave's kind of number one priority kind of is is the writing and i write i i love writing when i've got the idea but i really have a love-hate relationship with writing Mm -hmm. i love performing and so it's a little we're, we're swapped in that way so guys like the both of you who are such prolific great writers i'm always so curious about what your relationship is with writing, because I know mine is so tumultuous. And somebody like you who has had so much crazy success, and you say that you feel like, you know, if only people knew the fraud. And I think that a lot of people feel that way, which is fascinating in its own right. But I'm curious, like, do you still have some of the same old tropes of, like, whatever song you just wrote, you're like, well, that's the last one I'll ever write. You know those kinds of things. Uh, that is a common perception. That that's that's not one of mine. I, 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 and it never I, has been. No, you know, honestly, I've never even thought about that. But now that you bring that up, <laughs> it 
Maybe I'll just be haunted <laughs> by that. Tom from this farewell. You, just, you sit here for thirty minutes, just dead quiet, staring into the yeah. wall, not blinking. Yeah, John. God, I never thought no, about that. never yeah. thought about that until now. I never worried about that until now. But um, so I don't know. I I think uh, it's. I think you have to be very well. Number one. The artist that I think we all three love and that have stood the test of time, they've written 250 songs in their whole life. Isn't it true? Billy Joel had to yeah. make a record and he just said, ah, you know what? I got to write 10 songs. Mm-hmm. And so in 18 months, he just writes 10 amazing songs yeah. that become the They're stranger. No sides. Yeah. Springsteen. Now, he's probably written more, but, I mean, Dylan's written 500 songs. I've written three, over 3,000 songs. Mm, I bet you've written, you you write 100 songs a year. Mm -hmm. You write how many songs a year? Six, maybe. (laughs) No. No, I don't know. 12, 15, I don't know. Part of that is we love that about you, and part of that is we want to slap you right now. But... I think you just got to find out what your thing is. I mean, that is your thing. So why would you go against it? It's ingrained. It's in in your DNA to try to go against that and try to recalibrate this point would be silly. It's like whatever you're doing is working. And, you know, how your hierarchies of loves and passions work themselves out, you know, you just go with it. So, I mean, they're... There is no right or wrong answer, as right. we know. It's just you kind of do what you do. So one one thing I wanted to ask, just to take one quick step back, I thought about this as we were sitting here, is how how do you think, like hearing that bio, because your story is so unique this way, and it's so inspiring. Like I think of, of a lot of the people I know and respect in Nashville, your story is one of the ones that I think is a little archetypical to me because it's just such a fascinating pivot. But like let's say 36-year-old Tom, got to read that like you know the guy who wants to you know you're feeling the yeah. shift in your soul and you're in texas and you're going man i just want to write songs like how does he respond if you could time jump back to him for a minute and just go read this and then i gotta leave like, and 36 year old tom is in texas yeah doing commercial real estate right right well i think he would be he'd be pleased i think he'd be you know, pleased and shocked. Hmm. And also, I think he, I mean, there's a part of him that wouldn't be that surprised. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it really is, it's just all a matter of of where you're looking. So, hmm. I mean, you know, I did have that, that moment, uh, epiphanal moment where I was, you know, I talk about this in my, film but you know i'm i'm in a shopping center it's in august it's 103 degrees i have on a brown shark skin suit and a yellow shirt and a brown tie now i don't have that i don't know why i was wearing a yellow shirt because i hate yellow and i don't know where i was wearing a brown shark skin suit i can see exactly my costume that i had on Mm -hmm. and it's it's 103, it's in Dallas, and you cold call shopping centers. So the irony, the paradox of cold calling at 103 <laughs> degrees. See, there's is, a songwriter. It's apparent. It's always been there. 
My father, who was not well, was in my gray Honda Civic, I don't know, a football field away under a shady tree, and he was asleep. And I was starting at one end of the shopping center, and it kind of gave me something to do. I was good with the discipline of it, and I would, you know, walk in one store, and I'd look around, you know, like a women's clothing store. Uh, May we help you? I said, well, actually, you have a lovely store. But I am with Cornerstone Real Estate, and I'm leasing the shopping center down the road. I just, you know, if you have any real estate needs, if you're thinking about moving, I'd be delighted to help you. At the exact same time I'm having that conversation, I am furious, a rageaholic in which I am looking up at God, shaking my fist at the heavens, saying, how can this be my life? I'm 39, incredibly blanking disappointed with everything that's that's gone on to this point. Hmm. I mean, it was just like a moment of poison spilling out in the store. And it was like, you know, the still small voice of God said, you know, you're you're looking down instead of looking up. You're worshiping the creation instead of me, the creator. So... <laughs> The answer is pretty apparent. <laughs> what you can do? I was like, "Oh, okay." So, so why were you doing what you were doing? Were, were you thinking, "I just got to make money"? I'm just well. I mean, it's a number of factors. It's you know, I've been in Nashville once before. Yeah, you've done a stint here. It was miserable. It was when when things are not working in Nashville. Yeah, I guess it would be like things are not working well and you know, LA and wanting to be an actor or be a, you know, money manager in New York and you're so can out I, of a can job. I just ask a quick question. I, 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 so, you know, and, and for those who are listening that are new to what Tom does, I mean, genuinely, I think you may be, you know, if there's a Mount Rushmore of writers in Nashville that people respect, you are on that. If not, two of the spots are just different parts of your visage. Well, the house that built me is the most it referenced is, song. It, yeah, if in you're in a Nashville. writing room and somebody's like I want to write something that matters or like let's you know people that is that's the that's the song. Yeah. And so I think the thing that's interesting to me um or I'm fascinated by is so so when when people think of you in this town they're like you you're kind of like a cornerstone of the writing world in that you set this precedent or there's something to look at to go like that's a guy who writes songs that like matter. Like they are they're just there's yeah. no holes. There's well, it's no like scenes. a song like this is possible. It's, yeah, yeah, today. Right. But so, so the thing that's interesting about that is to think that you had a stint before. Do you feel like it was that you were either not doing that at the time and writing different songs, or that just kind of like Nashville wasn't ready for what you were doing? I, it's probably both. And okay. it was, uh, you know, part of it is, you know, in, in the creative. Well, first of all, I do think. In the essence, there is a creative process that it's it is there. It's in the mm-hmm. it's in the atmosphere, and it started in the beginning. God created. Mm-hmm. There is this thing called creation that just was thrown into the world in some. It seems very chaotic and disorganized, but there is creativity there. At certain times, if our mind is right, if the antenna is right, if you're open to it, we can dip our toe into that river of creativity. And, but, you know, you, there's, there's a lot of soil, there's a lot of dirt, there's a lot of scar tissue. It's, and you never, you never get rid of all that stuff for once. It's a constant process of regeneration and 
baptism just to get rid of all the filth of the world and the amnesia that happens to us. And then all of a sudden we're like, okay, kind of there it is. And it's, you know, it's, it's almost like a mirage. So you have to catch it while it can. Uh, but so I don't know. It's, it's the mystery of it and the magic, I guess, that, that keeps calling us to it. Uh, I think you have to come to it. I think you have to come to creativity with desperation. Hmm. Um, I love the word desperation. You know, we all kind of get on certain words, but I'm really fascinated by that. Desperation, there's, you know, it's nuanced. Desperation can be like, oh, I'm desperate to, you know, get married, or I'm desperate to write a hit. That is the odious perfume. That's the bad side of, of desperation. But desperation, the the good side of it is it's humility and it's open hands. And you come, even if you didn't believe in God or the Holy Trinity, you do believe in creativity and you have to come to it with great humility. It's like open hands. I, I'm coming here to not to serve, but well, I, I'm, I'm coming here, you know, with, I need to be served by this, this amazing thing that's there. And we just kind of open up to it, and you know, sometimes it's there. Most days, it's not. But mm-hmm. and so, for that first round, it just was like the things just weren't kind of. Yeah, anymore. I mean, and I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. It's, uh, you know, it, it's it's timing. I mean, it, how old were you when you did the first? The step? first, I came here when I was twenty-seven. Okay, I stayed till I was thirty-one, and I did love being here, but I knew that I was not. I didn't have the talent and the skill set to compete at this level. I mean, I yeah. knew that. So I learned a lot. I tried to absorb stuff. I mean, you know, I, I met my wife-to-be here. I mean, so hmm. many great things. And I made relationships that I was l- later able to uh, utilize and connect that would kind of serve me in the next chapter. So, you know, we look at our life, you know, young people do like it's just these broken pieces of glass only to realize you know 20 years down the road god's taking these broken pieces of glass he's making a stained glass window out of them Mm -hmm. but at the time it's you're bloody and it's shards and it's so that's it was nashville at the time when i was here it looked like just a broken piece of glass but for example paul worley who was a guitar player wow when i was here before a studio guitar player uh he was just kind to me and you know we were about the same age and he was just a nice guy and he was an amazingly talented uh, guitar player 13 years later paul's now running the creative department at sony tree i'm at a songwriter seminar in austin texas and i buy him three glasses of wine at a cocktail party and i was embarrassed i said i hate to do this but I got to give you a cassette, and he listened to it. So what I'm saying is, even though it looks disorganized and chaotic at the yeah. time, there is a plan. You just, you know, you don't see it in real time. Mm. So back to the the shopping center, yes, and the snakeskin suit, shark skin, shark skin. Sorry, wow, snakeskin. Wow, that's close, John. That's a different. I'm, I didn't I'm mean to in throw. That time, you know stuff. that I'm interested in that guy. <laughs> I wish we could start this podcast over. <laughs> I wish I'd never You'd come. At all. Did I just say that live? Okay. Reset. Okay. Reset. Okay. Here we go. What was that? Sorry. I, the whole time I was picturing snakeskin. Uh, yeah. This changes the whole thing. Geez. 
Do you know no, what so shark you, skin is? It's kind of a it's kind of a, a a muted but somewhat shiny wool. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, I wool. do know that. It's, it, it's hot. Yeah. I mean, so, so it's further, very warm. Yeah. Further, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a winter fabric, and I was wearing it. One hundred three, and you're wearing a wool. Yeah, yeah. And and so you had this moment where, in that moment, where you just like, okay, I'm done. Well, I, you know, I think it had a series of moments that that just, you know, it just kind of all spilled over in that moment. But th- that was the moment of desperation. Mm. Yeah, I really pl- I had probably the first honest conversation with God I'd ever wow. had. Wow, I'm desperate. Yeah, yeah, that is a hard and wonderful place to be. It's a gr- in, in prayer, the greatest place to be <laughs> before God. It is is. Man desperate that's it yeah. that's it i mean it's like you know mary and martha i mean it's like if you've just been here um or you know it's it's you know we, we just got finished studying elijah and elisha and you know all the the all those amazing miracles that happen with dead boys coming to life and widows cupboards being filled i mean they were desperate people mm-hmm. desperation's a wonderful thing but that's what's so tricky is with hands as strong as yours, you'd figure you're a better tickler. I know, but when they get cold, ice, my hands get ticklish. No. Wow. You know what That I mean? is one thing I did not, I never saw that coming. I've never told anyone that. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> Dave. Yeah. You know what one of my favorite parts of getting together for the holidays is? Uh, oh, is it the endless repetition of Jethro Tull's Christmas album? Strangely, no. Oh, okay. But I think we found a new tradition. Yeah. You know. Okay. It's hearing all the mm, stories. Yeah. You know, the ones... You love to hear yep. the ones that you've heard too many times, yeah, maybe. maybe. A couple too many times. You know, but have you ever wanted to help your loved ones document those timeless stories? It can be challenging to write an entire book of life memories, but today's sponsor, StoryWorth, makes it fun and easy. This is how anyone can write a book about their life. If you wrote a book about your life, what would you call it? Um, probably Little Lies and Other Made-Up Stories. <laughs> Zinger! <Hey-o>. Zinger! Stop! <laughs> You've stop, definitely thought about this before. Stop. Well, every week, StoryWorth will email your loved one a single life-related question that you pick from their collections, like, quote, mm-hmm. what's the bravest thing you've ever done? Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Or, another one, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to stop doing the quotes, I'm just going to say. It was, okay. Tell me about the first time you realized Revolver was the best oh. Beatles album. <laughs> Just an example. Hot take alert. God, I got steamy in here. All they have to do is reply with a story. Then, after a year, StoryWorth compiles your loved one's stories, memories, and any photos into an exquisite hardcover book, creating a valued keepsake. Millions of stories have already been told with StoryWorth because they make the process so simple. Get started with your loved one for the holidays, and before you know it, you'll both be cherishing those timeless memories for generations to come. Help your family share their story this holiday season with StoryWorth. Go to storyworth.com slash dadville today and save $10 on your first purchase. That's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash dadville to save $10 on your first purchase. So then he was like more like Dingo instead of Ringo because he was like, that's my dog. 
you know, and I was like, oh, that's good. That's good. That's a, that's your granddad cracks me up. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, man. John, what do you say after we get done here? We grab some lunch. Some oh, bit, totally. Some bittles. Yeah. What, what are you thinking? Well, I have two seemingly separate ideas in my head. One, okay. I really want some great craft tacos. But two, I also feel the need to do something about world hunger. That's a dilemma. Wow. Well, listen, you might not believe this, but okay. today's sponsor, Tacos for Life, does exactly that. What are the odds of that happening? Uh, easily one in ten. Easily. Let yeah. me download yeah. their app and check out the menu. Ooh. Okay. Look, while you're doing that, let me tell our listeners about T4L. Mm. Tacos. Okay. okay. You see, they are a taco shop on a mission because every taco, bowl, quesadilla, salad, or nacho sold... 24 cents is donated, wow. which equals a single meal for a child in need. When you eat at Tacos for Life, not only do you provide a meal to a hungry child, but you also get to enjoy really good tacos. Mm-hmm. This menu looks amazing, by the way. Look at this. Look. Wow, that yeah. fried chicken taco <gasps> looks amazing. Is that a thing? Put me down for two of those. What are you, what are you thinking? Ooh, I think I'm about about it with this black and mahi-mahi taco. You see what I did there? The two mm-hmm. and then I two. See. I see. Um, okay, they're ordered. Okay. So look, whether you are someone looking to invest in a business that makes a good return while also making a difference in the world, or you're someone who wants to run a restaurant where you can be proud of the food you're serving while also doubling down on the impact you're making, Tacos for Life can help you. Visit Tacos for Life slash Dadville to learn more about opening your very own Tacos for Life and be a part of bringing forth a world where no child goes hungry. I think as I've gotten older... um, Maybe one of the things that I have learned the most about spiritually is seeing especially how Jesus responds to je- desperate people yes. in the Testament. It is fascinating. And mm-hmm. I would say if you go backward into the Old Testament, the, these, these people that we so idolize, these sort of like, you know, studs in the Old Testament and the New, there's a consistency in the way that they talk to God that I think mm. if we don't know, we think you can't do that. And God, right. oddly exactly. enough, is at his most available yes. and focused in the moments where people are like, what? Like Sarah's laughing. I'm not going to have a kid. And God's right. like, oh, I'm right here with you, sister. <laughs> and you will. You know, like there's something that's so counterintuitive. Yes. I think what we have thought about as the church the God is like up on the throne and he's really far away. And yes, right? But, 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 right. but, 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 he's but, also but. got skin on him. Yeah. And he's sitting there crying because a guy dies that he loves. And, and, and he's also, you know, like we just read about when the, the guy comes to him in the city, walks 15 miles ago, hey, you got to heal, you got to heal my kid. And he's like, yeah, you look like you're pretty desperate. Okay, cool. Like, I mean, and who knows Done. why he did it, but he's like, yeah, he'll be fine when you get back. And it's like, there's something that's so fascinating about that spirit that we, I, me, I try to tamp that thing in right, me so right. bad where I think God is like, if you want to really, really, really just get like a nose, you know, like you want to feel my breath in right. your face, be desperate. And yeah. I'm like right there. Yeah. <laughs> well, because there's just a realness to it. Yeah. 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 There's it, authenticity yes. that God authenticity, just seems to yeah. always show up. He's like, oh, okay, now we can talk. <laughs> to your point, because it's like, before, you're, he's like, yeah, you know, me and Tom, we chat, whatever. But like, boy, you get there, and he's like, hey, I'm, like, let's talk. Now now, now we can we can, now we can have a conversation. <laughs> it's, I mean, God has not changed. It's yeah, just, that's right. Finally, you know, a lot of that yeah, that's stuff that we bring to it. I mean, that's just the human experience. Yeah. It's just, but at least if we can articulate that and in community remind each other mm. of, hey, you know what? 
I just think you're not quite desperate enough. Oh, so, God. Can I mean, that be? Imagine if you guys who live across the street from each other were mm. to remind each other. It's like, let's let's just make sure we stay desperate. Yeah. Yeah. And even, you know, it's funny because spiritually, like you just said, but to your point, there's something in the creative process that's really beautiful about going like, I just want this to be great. Or yes. Like, make sense or good melody or like yeah. the piano part. Like there is something that's really cool it's really amazing about that spirit about like yes i really want this to matter and to yeah. be good and to be the best i can do okay, well when so- you said earlier about after we read the brag sheet and you were talking about all the accolades and all that and how you try to keep that at a distance i'm sure there are multiple reasons that that we do that but i wonder if one of the reasons is that we're scared of those kinds of things mm-hmm. because it seems like the antithesis of desperation would be all those things. You get too close to them, and then you lose your sense of uh, need for the next thing, or something yeah. like that. The, the I won't name any names because this will be really silly for me to do that. But if you take if if in my name your top five artist, mm. just in your mind. So I've got mine. I think they had a period, and really a very brief period, where they were amazingly prolific and yeah. successful. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's short. Now, those songs stand the test of time, and they're phenomenal, and it feels like that it was a longer period, but it's a brief period of time. Mm-hmm. I think the, the most, it, I think it's almost impossible to survive fame adulation and success Mm. and the thing that got us all here and got those artists the top five artists there is hunger and desperation (laughs) and they lose that Mm. you lose it you just you can't i don't know it's just it's just i mean didn't c.s lewis say man is not you know, built to survive fame. I mean, somebody famous said that. It's yeah. it's just that the, the, the <laughs> Dave Barnes said that. Going dad, Thank you. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I don't know. It, so ha- so what do you do? What have you done to sustain throughout well, these decades of your career? <sighs> you know, I I I don't know. I mean, it's you know some and some like I went to the BMI Awards last night, and I just thought. I mean, with each successive five-minute block, when they read the 50, top 50 songs, it was like, my life has had no meaning. <laughs> I don't know why I came. I really am so lonely right now. What have I done for the past past year? Yeah. I can't even get a song. I mean, you go through this whole... Yeah rabbit trail which the irony of it i have to say in that moment is what you don't know that's happening because you're looking this way is there is probably 50 (laughs) writers in that room staring at the back of your head going exactly exactly (laughs) there are 50 people behind you who didn't even hear what was just said because they're looking at you thinking oh lord 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 so funny it's like yeah it's like the thing that dave and i joke about all the time where like you, which I don't think that this is exclusive to the creative space, but like you get off stage, you you play a show and you get off stage, and someone's like, "Man, God, your piano playing is so good," <laughs> and I say thank you, but in my head I'm like, "Oh, so my voice sounds terrible." <laughs> 
And it's like, no, no. Yeah. And, and they could be like, and you know, your voice sounds really good. Oh, so the songs don't hold up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. There's just, there, there's, we're always going to be just drawn to the angle that puts us down. Yeah. You know what I mean? What, you know what I was thinking about as you were saying that, Tom? The, tr- the tricky thing about desperation to me is it, it just so, in, in a creative sense, in an occupational sense, um, it so closely borders dysfunction. Yeah. And, and, and yes. Because there's a desperation that's like, I want this song to be great, and I've got a great idea, and man, 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 I want this to work. That guy is next door neighbors by a fence, if there's even a fence, to this makes me matter. This gives me identity. Yeah, and right, I'm a right, failure right. if it doesn't work. And yes. so I think navigating those two things, because you know, I think the artists that continue to make compelling music, you know, I think about Springsteen and Paul McCartney and some of these were not Billy Joel. Billy Joel hadn't written a song in 40 years or whatever, right? Yes. The reason those guys can still do it is because I think they're able to maintain this really weird thing where they can stay desperate to write songs and make music that matters while it not and, and I think it does affect their life and it makes for dysfunction and pain I'm not saying that because that's how we all are but they just can they can sort of hold these two things at the same time which yeah. is like I, I can be married and have kids or live a life that's quasi healthy and whatever that is but at the same time still really this stuff matters to yes me. Right. I want it to be good I want it to be and that's that to me is the weirdest hardest discipline which kind of is a stay with me is a little bit of a shift over to love tom because i think about a career in the industry like you've had that it was it was incredible i i I don't know what i was expecting and it wasn't i was expecting to be bad at all i think i was more like how is this gonna how do you do this because because i've seen you do your speech numerous times in fact i asked you to come do it a few years ago for leadership music and it's incredible like so you you know for those who are listening tom is how long is it 56 minutes. 56 minutes. No, no, sorry. The, the original oh, 12 um, exceptions. Okay. So Tom um, sort of, it just went viral in the Nashville community um, when you accepted the award and somebody filmed it. And it's a 12-minute um, acceptance speech of your of your songwriting uh, Hall of Fame here in Nashville. And it's just gorgeous. It's like, it's like you're writing your songwriting. It's just really wonderful and lyrical and colorful, and it's, it's amazing. Can I just ask a, a dumb question? It is in English. It is. Okay, <laughs> great. Yeah, go ahead. No, okay. <laughs> Actually, I got another question that came to my mind. Was there, I'm just curious. Was there any? Was there prompters saying, "Okay, 30 seconds left, Tom," or were no, they just like, "No, we're going to let you go"? I had, as Abraham Lincoln says, "If you want me to give a, mm-hmm. a long speech, I can do it right now. Uh-huh. If you want a short speech, <laughs> it's going to take me a while." Yeah. So I had That's practiced great. for six months. Wow! Oh, wow. I worked on it six months. Wow. And I actually enjoy long form like that. And then I would bring in, you know, I got a, I got some good friends. I would bring friends in, I don't know, every two, three weeks, and I'd just have them sit there, and I'd just do it. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I got some good feedback. So, I mean, I was like, I was ready. You were ready. Yeah. So, so you, you give that speech, which, again, everybody, if you can, you can Google it and watch the video. It's really incredible. Um, but – it is, I want to say a couple of things about the film. Again, it's called Love Tom, and there's a comma uh, between those two, um, which maybe your funk band is called Love Tom. That's just a thought. <laughs> or maybe um, I just love myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, well, that, we all know that's true of all of us. Uh, it was, my first reaction was, one, it is, you guys did, because you wrote it with your son, correct? 
you guys did such a good job of taking that 12 minutes and turning it into the 56. So that's the first thought I had. Two, and I can't overstate this, your performance is amazing. I was blown away by that. Like, I'm not kidding. Because, you know, you think about it. Like, if a buddy sat with you in a right tomorrow. Right. And he goes, hey, I'm doing this kind of long form, sort of one shot feeling. Because for those who are listening, it's a, one, it's beautiful. But the way that y'all shot it is you're talking to the camera. And the camera follows you over a night in Nashville. One of the coolest parts of the thing is when you talk about the Lady A tune and it starts snowing. Which, I mean, you had to think. Thank you, Jesus. This yes, exactly. It's amazing. You're down, you know, in yes. the middle on Broadway there in Nashville, downtown. And, you know, you walk up to a piano. It's a beautiful shot. But the way it feels is really cool in the way I shot it. Because you're talking to the camera. You're telling the story of your life. You walk into different places in Franklin, then Nashville, downtown, Music Row, the rhyme. And it's really beautiful. But I was so amazed by your performance. Like, was that – were you um, – a couple questions I have. Were you – was it a teleprompter on the screen? No. You memorized all that, Tom? Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, we, you, you, it was in segments. I mean, you But know. still, that's one night. I mean, did it take one night? It took uh, about seven nights. Okay, still. So, that's yeah. still, I mean, because the shots are probably average, what, like a minute? Yeah, yeah, right. There, it's uh, maybe, you know, I don't know, three minutes maybe. That's, that, is not, that is not easy to do. Yeah. It's just not easy to do. Well, it... It and now looking back, yeah, it's but you know the the strange thing is is that you really don't know what you can do yeah. until you're presented with it. Well said. Mm-hmm. And well said. Well said. So there's probably a lot of things that we all can do that we just yeah. are not aware of because you're mm-hmm. we're not we're not really we're not risking enough. Yeah. Wow. And we're not willing to have spectacular failures mm-hmm. enough and i want to go back just to recap just for a second we'll, we'll get back to love tom and i'm so pleased and honored that it did mean something to you but um i because i'm trying to figure this out kind of in real time this concept of desperation i think uh i think what 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 we're saying is that you have you have to be desperate to a cause greater than yourself. That, that That's really, when you look at Springsteen, Springsteen does have a, there's a real defined narrative to his life mm-hmm. and to his art. Mm-hmm. And he's desperate to, you know, the political causes and injustice and, you know, you name it. I mean, he really is sold out to causes. The the other artists that have, I think, not fared well, it was kind of all about them. Hmm. And so there's really, at that point, you're just desperate to be successful again, or you're desperate mm-hmm. to impress people. That is the wrong kind of desperation. Desperation is, I serve a cause greater than myself, you know, whether it be God, faith, you know, mankind, songwriters. If you attach your desperation to a noble cause that to me is the is is the magic in, ingredient wow. it can't be about self fulfillment and self adulation that is a star that is collapsing on itself and will die quickly jeez why are you looking at me like that when you say that do you listen to me <laughs> are you listening well, to I, me? I, I mean candidly and very honestly and john are you are you <laughs> You tracking over there? No, but you know that's the first time I've been able to actually say it. That made yeah. sense. I've said it so many times over the past months. Like that's not quite it. That team, that 
that didn't make sense to me. But so, yeah. so tell me this to the forty-four-year-old guy that's sitting in this chair yes. looking at you. This is a dilemma for me because there is a desperation for the song to be good and for it to be something people like. So what? How, how, how do you do another twenty years doing what I'm doing, what John's doing? Because I'm, I, I am desperate to write songs. I mean, I really love doing it. I want them to be great and for them to, you know, to matter and for them to make sense and all the things. But how do, how do I do that? How does it not become this self yeah. toil? Well, you, you can't make a goal over which you have no control. <laughs> Can that we just do the podcast thing? And we do that all the time. I've done that for decades. And that is a, that is yeah, a, a good fool's word. errand. Yeah. So, okay, so I want to write a song that people love and that's a hit. That sounds good, but you have no control over that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So why would we give all of our energy and our, you know, our our life over to something over which we can control the only thing you can control is create something that that it it first has to be meaningful to you guys or anybody listening and then you share it it's a two cycle process then you have to go back to step number one which is create and share you want to get hung up and you want to add a bunch of steps to it. And that's where we get lost because we, we start focusing on the outcome rather than the process. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think in everybody's life, you, I mean, you, I know, I don't know you guys, but I know you guys. I mean, your, your faith, your, you know, your family men, your creative, but I mean, there are causes to which you are associated and that you love those have to be more important than your success. But but if you'll serve those great causes with your art, that's the way that you write songs that are meaningful, and that's the way that you serve a process that's greater than you that will really a- allow you to have a long and very uh, successful career, very creative career. You'll have mm-hmm. much more success doing that than sitting around thinking, you know, um, I want to write another hit for Blake Shelton. I mean, right. as as great as that would be, mm-hmm. that was a that was not you. That was not right. your intent. That right. was a byproduct right. of you serving a noble process. Right. Yeah. Right. That's what that that's the that really is where the discipline comes in, and we have to help help each other do that. Mm-hmm. It's it's very hard, but I I think I mean now you know I'm seventy. I mean I'm looking at you forty four. I'm I'm telling you, man. It's, it's kind of like I mean you're in the NFL, so you've you've made the team, but now to really be able to stay in the NFL, uh, it's it's those micro changes that that really are going to allow you to have a successful career. It's, it's not big changes. Yeah, it's 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 very kind of minute, um, uh, you know, turnings shifts, and shifting yeah. shifts. Yeah, John. Yeah, why'd you hesitate? John, no, I'm right here. John. No, I see you. Oh, God, sorry. Just uh, because I'm not looking at you doesn't mean I don't see you. Oh, <laughs> that's true. And that means emotionally, too. Let right. me ask you something. Do you have okay. any questionable eating habits? Or questionable. Either one of those. You can Questionable answer. or questionable? Questionable or questionable. Okay. Yeah. I have a few. Okay. I would say. Let's How about it. you? 
Well, after the kids go to bed, I get the late night munchies, right? Sure. And I always want to go for a bowl of that chocolate flavored cereal that turns the milk into, into chocolate, chocolate milk. milk. Yep. And it's like the greatest thing ever. Mm-hmm. But man, are those things loaded with sugar and carbs. Yeah. I need yep. to be smarter, John. Maybe yep. you find a cereal with high quality ingredients that's more balanced. Let me cut you off right there. One, because you're done with your sentence. And two, because I need to tell you about Thrive Market. I just downed a bowl of cereal of Catalina Crunch dark chocolate cereal. Let me say it again. You know what? No, I won't. I'm going to keep going. It's the perfect swap for your Dracula or like bird-themed sugary chocolate cereal. We all know those. We know those. Yeah. Thrive Market is full of great products like that. And it's also, it lets you filter results based on your lifestyle needs, Dave. What? Yeah. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, you know, low sugar foods or gluten-free essentials, Thrive Market makes it happen. Okay, John, look, that sounds awesome. Yep. It sounds a little expensive. Dave, it sounds expensive. Okay. But as a Thrive Market member, what? I save money no. on every single grocery order. An average of 30% Jeez, each time, Dave. I'll say that again. Okay. You know what? No, I'm going to keep going. Okay, they gosh. also have a deals page that changes daily. In oh. fact, today... I saved over 40%. Don't say save That's almost catch 45%. Wild pink Don't say save catch wild save pink, catch wild you pink salmon. That. You know what? I'll say it again. No, I'm not going to say it again. And Sprague, am I pronouncing that correctly? I don't even know. I'm just so excited, John. Organic lentils and vegetable soup. Oh. I saved 40%, Dave. It could be Sprague or Spragua. And that's for the people who know, okay? <laughs> it says here that when I join Thrive Market, yep. I'm also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. That's I right. join, they give, John. You join, they give. You know what? Join in on the savings at Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free, you're not going to believe this, no. but I'm going to say it, what? free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash dadville for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. I'm going to tell them again, John. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash dadville. Thrivemarket.com slash dadville. (laughs) And then he tries to tell me that's what happens when you put a guitar in the dryer. Oh my God! This is your accountant. Yes, to my face, Uh, mandolin. I was like, no, (laughs) that's not. Oh my gosh, man! I know, Dave. Listen, it's almost Christmas, and that means say it with me. Okay, one, two, three. Kringle overdose. Okay, you know how I feel about the K word, Mm -hmm. the Kringle. Mm -hmm. Okay, but Mm -hmm. I just got some methodical coffee Christmas blend, Mm -hmm. and it's incredible. Here, I magically just made a cup without your knowledge. Oh, wow. Taste it. Oh, that makes me feel like I'm hanging out at the North Pole surrounded by elves, <laughs> but in a nonviolent way. Like, they're fun. Of course. I'm not scared of, of these elves. Okay. You know what I mean? Well, they can fight back when they get a little caffeine in there. Oh. So it's fine. Do they Listen, this new variation is called Christmas Vacation, and it blends Costa Rica, La Pastora, and Ethiopia Guji into a bright and complex roast. Okay, let me see. I'm getting hints of chocolate. Chocolate, right. Cherries and Chuck Berry. No, no, just berries. Sorry, I, the last little hint Your was just berries. Your palate is undeniable, Thank Dave. You. And I should know, as an elite coffee influencer. True. Pause for for uh, applause. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Along with Santa, this coffee will only be around until the end of the year. Mm. Not, not dead. It's in its, no, I no, just no, want to no, clarify. No, no, just kids. No, no, come back. Yeah, <laughs> that's his job is done for a while. Right. We should also recommend our signature Dadville blend, which is 100% guaranteed to make you a better parent. That's right. 
Not sure we can say that legally, okay. but uh, it's our, in our last episode of the year, it's fine. Let's, Legal will hey, be fine with it. Yolo, Yolo, Yolo. Okay. How do our listeners get their hands on these magical elixirs, John? Would you well, tell them? I'm glad you asked. Okay. All they got to do is visit www.methodicalcoffee.com for more information and use the discount code DADVILLE for 10% off your first order. That's methodicalcoffee.com and use the code DADVILLE for 10% off your first order. And Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. So, so um, okay, one of, the, one of the things John and I were so excited about having you on is I feel like so much of, uh, you talk about this in, in Love, Tom, about your dad and your relationship. You, you also talk about, um, you know, just kind of what that was like. Um, obviously, you are a dad. Are you a granddad? I am. You're a granddad. So, yes. so that's another thing. One of the things that I'd, I'd love to kind of hear you speak on, and you had this podcast, you know, that talks about dads. Yeah. What is wh- why is that such um, why is that such a what is why is that something you think about so yeah. much that you, that you talk and write and all the things? Well, I do believe this. I believe this, you know, theologically that it's a patriarchal system. Hmm. It's not a matriarchal system. I mean, the 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 faith journey and the you know the the tribe that I belong to, that's what we believe. We mm. believe that it's God the Father. Mm. Obviously, mothers are, you know, I'm not, I'm not diminishing the roles mm. of mothers, but it's, it's, it's very different roles. So um, it's just, you know, as the father goes, I think so goes a family, mm. so goes a city, mm. so goes whatever. Uh, and... Uh, you know, I, I, it, it's just that, that that's, I, I just think, you know, you look at it, it situations where things t- tend to fall apart. A lot of times, you know, the father is absent mm-hmm. or, you know, or there's, there's divorce or, you know, you, you look at certain segments of our society and, and, and the culture and, you know, you know, it's, you know, fatherless is you know it's kind of epidemic in in our culture so i remember sitting um with al andrews i mean this is um i was about to get married and i said uh okay what what kind of wisdom do you have for me like about to become a husband and uh he said you know dave he said just for a round number let's say i see a hundred couples a year that are having a hard time he said um 98% 98% of the time, so 98 of those 100. He said, every time when I do that, I meet with the man first. I want to meet with the guy, and then I'll meet with the wife. He said, 98 of the 100 times, I only need to meet with the guy for, for wow. things to get corrected. Wow. And he said, you know, and, and what that, and, and, he, and, and to your point, and I think to, to be clear to people listening, because um, I agree with you, but I think what people can hear that and go, oh, Oh, so it's about men. It's about yeah. messing up. But I, but that's not the way to read that. The way to read it is, we really are the problem. <laughs> like, it's not so much that the patriarchal way. I think God has made the world because He is God the Father and the Son. And you know, it's not so much to say it's a man's world. It's to say we're supposed to be the lead servants. We're yes, supposed to be the yes, lead yes, sacrificers. Yes. We're the lead prayers. We're the re- lead humiliators of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think when that goes right, so goes the family. So goes right. the marriage. So goes the, 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 the father um, to the sons and daughters and his kids. 
And I, I remember that being a life changer for me, wow. a piece of advice. Because mm-hmm. I was like, because what he was telling me is, Dave, when you're mad at Annie, you need to apologize first and ask what's wrong. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, for those first five years of my marriage when I was really disciplined about this, I would be, I'd see that Annie was frustrated or she's angry or she's being like a little snippy. And I had a discipline of going, hey, babe, have I, have I, tell me what I did wrong. And uh, 90 times out of, 99 times out of 100, she'd go, you were just really rude to me this morning. And I was like, oh, <laughs> again, my fault. Right. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. or she goes, you remember yesterday, you just kind of, and I'd be like, isn't this fascinating? Yeah. And I think what, what I thought about it is like, I think men are the weather and women are sort of the weather vein. Yeah, and so while women can, women can originate problems, we're all sinners. There's just not a propensity for that. Like I believe there isn't a man. Yeah. Like I think women are responders and so they will take and perpetuate. But I think it's a really rare time that women are going to bring just self-initiated mass amounts of problems. Right. They're going to respond. And so I think to your point, you know, and that's what I think I'm so passionate about on this podcast as a man is saying, look, we have to really square up with our responsibilities yeah. and, and what we bring, as you said, to, to families and our marriages and our relationships and even our parents and these things yeah. that we can as men and as dads really. And so I think one of the things that I'm really interested about your podcast is, is, is that sort of the, um, the impetus for doing that podcast and being called what it is, yeah. you know, like, well, we, we're not doing the podcast anymore. It was yeah. kind of short lived, but, uh, I think the premise was, that if you tell me about your father, mm-hmm. I can tell you everything about yes. yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Tell me about your relationship with your father. Yeah. So I know that's like, yeah, sure. And I've had a lot of people push back on that. Uh, and I get it. But I don't know. You have to have kind of a, a provocative premise for a podcast. <laughs> Ours is very. I mean, and, yeah. uh, you are. But I, 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 I do think that's true. So, you know, I, I, that, that's just, that's, I think the chips kind of have to fall where they may on that. But And what about your relationship with your dad? Well, my, I had a kind of well-documented, my father was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father was, you know, a very flawed person. Uh, he had just, you know, he had things that, that he kind of dealt with on and off his his whole life you know he had a predisposition towards depression and um you know insecurity you know my, uh, but i mean now looking back uh i mean i get it my father was born in 1911 the child mm-hmm. of the depression mm-hmm. N- you know not a particularly happy childhood a lot of angst and anxiety and uh but my father really fought the good fight and the majority of his of his life uh he and again he had a predisposition towards uh you know a dependence on you know prescription mm-hmm. drugs and you know he, he really fought that on and off uh his life uh so you know I witnessed the struggle with that and the, the 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 amazing thing about my father no matter what he went through he was very transparent and very honest and wow. incredibly vulnerable wow he's like man he invited me into the pain hmm. almost too much yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. dad i didn't need to know that yeah. i don't need to see that right. but you know it was an honest yeah 
relationship that I really treasure. And mm. um, well, and not to like uh, diminish the those issues, but I feel like a lot of times in relationships that dads have with their kids, it's the shame and separation yes. that those issues mm. cause. Wow. Maybe maybe more so or equal to the issues themselves yes yeah i yeah it i think exactly right it's god you know toxic shame is just it's just Mm -hmm. is devastating um so you guys you would say you guys were close we were very close Mm -hmm. yeah it was you know i was in nashville you know kind of chasing my dream and my father he retired after 45 years with u.s steel uh, had a very successful career, and literally the month that he retired, he, you know, now looking back is like so obvious. I don't know why nobody saw it, but his whole self worth was wrapped up in his job that he right. killed himself for forty five years to do and did well, and then that was gone. Is like, who am I? And it's yeah. like, yeah, mm-hmm. man, it was you know but back then people didn't talk about stuff like right. that there was no it was like man you're going to retire and just go play golf and garden you're going to be happy and he was just absolutely miserable yeah. and um looking you know, was, back like what what do you think um let's say it's a week after his retirement like what what do you think the conversation you would have liked to have had with him then could have been if you know what you know now well i mean so dad we gotta have a plan like what are you gonna do uh what are you gonna give your life to you know again that cause that's greater than yourself Mm -hmm. it's it's i mean the most miserable people i know you know are the most financially well off yeah and you know they've 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 got it all, you know, like uh, the famous John Piper sermon, you know, a wasted life. Mm -hmm. You've got, you know, two elderly missionaries that are in Uganda and they're, you know, they're driving to a leper colony late at night and their car runs off the road and they're both, they're both, you know, they're both killed. And it's just, you know, it's just like, it's devastating and, and, but yet the world will never know their name and, you know, we look at that as like, God, what a tragedy. Like, should they have been doing that? Two old women, you know, driving on a rainy night in Uganda. And then you've got flat, you know, the next picture is this couple that looks like from a Land's Inn commercial. Uh, or what, what, what's even the better one? Who's the guy? Vineyard Vines. Mm. It's like, mm-hmm. this is Vineyard Vines. you got this beautiful couple. They're holding hands. It's sugar white, sunny beach. It's a blue sky. It's a Mediterranean aquamarine ocean. They're picking up seashells. And, they, you know, they've just retired. And it's like, that is a wasted life. Mm. That was a noble life. The, yeah. The, yeah. the two old ladies that died tragically you know, serving in a leper colony in Uganda, that is nobility. Mm-hmm. That's a waste. So mm-hmm. just to say, how did I get off on that rant? Well, like, just what was the point? Saying, yes. like, what's the plan? What that was, that's yourself? what my dad, we got to have a plan. I mean, he had a heart for all kinds of things. But, you know, my father, again, he kind of had a reliance on, on medication. Yeah. And he started to tell you, he couldn't sleep. Anxiety. So he took a sleeping pill. Lots of sleeping pills. And then he felt so bad in the morning, you got to take an upper. And then it mm-hmm. just it just accelerated into this free fall of just, you know, a prescription 
you know, drug use. Mm, You know, he was, he was, you know, abandoned by the medical, you know, profession. Mm. I mean, it was just that it was malpractice, but. And two, the the success piece that's in there is really fascinating too, because I mean, it's not just that, I mean, some of that narrative is sadly that he did well. So that's sort of why you get jettisoned out to be. Yeah. Go do your thing and right. live your life because you you've won, man, and you have yes. like thanks yeah. for winning. Like those those people almost have it worse because they're just assumed that they, they, you're fine. You figured yeah. it out, man. Yeah. Well, probably, I'm I'm guessing the toughest part is like you've been you've been working toward this thing that you've got. Like on the yeah. outside looking in, like you've done it, and then there's this expectation that you should feel a certain way. Yes. I kind of like, for some reason, in my mind right now, the example that's coming to me is when our our oldest daughter was born. I remember being in that moment, and like they they like take her and they lay her down on the little table and they clean her up. And I'm and in that moment, I'm like, am I feeling the thing that yes. I'm supposed to feel right <laughs> exactly. now? Exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. And this would be like at, after a lifetime, forty five years working for yes. U.S. Steel, and then. You're like, okay, it's I I won, I guess, you know. Is this all there is? Yeah. That there I I've got to find this quote. There is some quote that Tom Brady after one of his Super Bowls was interviewed by somebody and it was a rare candid moment and they, you know, Tom, God, how do you feel? At this point you'd won five Super Bowls and he was like kind of wonder if that's all there is i mean is, wow. is is this how you're supposed to feel i can't yeah quite put my i i, yeah. I don't know that that's actually true but I, I've, I've i've heard enough people say that that i would love to find that that, that quote because i mean e- even you know the accolades that you know have come my way yeah i mean it, it's it is great and i do I do. I'm honored to have been a part of those, but is it? It's 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 not enough. Mm. It's just not. There is an inherent thing to the human experience. I've thought about this so much in the last few years of my life. There's an inherent. um, 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 uh, uh, It's like the thing they left in the Death Star. You know, they left it so you could shoot the missile. It's got a. It's got a. It's got an inherent weakness in it. Yes. Right. Interesting. I feel like to the human soul that is. We really, we drink the Kool-Aid on like, there's a way for me to feel about myself that will feel that thing. Yes. Like the fifth Super Bowl. I'm going to go to bed tonight and finally be like, I have ticked that box. Yes. But I think because of the way that we're made, it, it, we, we can't ever get there. And so to your point, I think that's why these, these things that have to be bigger than us, especially faith and God and his plan for our life that really in service that actually you go to bed feeling like, yeah. like those nuns go to bed that night yeah, and they're like, God, I'm tired. I'm going to sleep well. Yes. Because it is not about me doing the thing that right. makes me feel fulfilled. And so the irony and the great sleight of hand of our experience as humans is that God's like, yeah, that's just no, like, have fun with that. Like that's a treadmill. That's the definition yes. of a treadmill. You just run and go nowhere. But it's like when it makes it about something other than us, we actually begin to feel that weird thing. Yes. Of like, right. do I feel actually genuinely happy? Right. Yeah, it's <laughs> counterintuitive. It's, it's so counterintuitive to yeah. our experience. And so I think the thing that's so affirming though, that as you're talking about Tom with your life and your career is there is, but there is a sweet spot of doing a vocation that you love to do. 
uh, that you actually can feel some sense of fulfillment when it's appropriated yes. and attached to a to a thing that's bigger than you yes. getting a thing from it. Right. But it's really hard to do. It's very hard, and there's going to be there's going to be lots and lots of failure. And uh, I think you know we and I wish we could almost redefine the word failure, but I I think you just got to own it. That yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of trial and error, and and there they're going to be they're going to be mainly mainly misses. I mean, I've written mm-hmm. three thousand songs mm-hmm. at least, and probably maybe that this is even being generous i've got 20 that have had real traction mm-hmm. but almost every one of those songs the intent behind the song was a uh, I, I i i like little rock was is about my father mm-hmm. it's 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 autobiographical no it's biographical it's about my father mm-hmm. And it's just about starting over again, mm. drawing a line in the sand. I'm not going back to that guy again. Mm. That's what it was about. And the the intent of that carries carries you through and carries the art through so that it can then be very meaningful to other people. And usually those ideas are very small. They're microscopic and they're laden with details. Mm. And And, you know, if you're willing to do it, and fail a lot at it. One of them, maybe you know, maybe three a year, mm. are going to be have real traction and be very fulfilling, and it's going to help a lot of people. Well, and you know that this is what I was trying to communicate, communicate earlier. I think that's in, uh, intrinsic to our experience as humans. Is you know, I I I I've, was talking to a friend of mine not long ago about this. Like, you know, one of the things that's so weird about us is we can never. I I, I really believe this. We can never actually fully enjoy what we create. Because I think this is what I was trying to say. Built into us this understanding that it's you that made it, so you can never quite see past the you in yeah. it. You know, like I've laughed, I've sort of grieved. I'm like, I wonder if Paul McCartney can ever really like yesterday like I do, and right. I don't think he can because he made right. it. Yes, because it's from him. He's always seeing him to yeah. some degree of it. It's a little corrupted. It's a little because... corrupted because of his corruption right. in it, because like of the that. thing that's in him. And so I think the thing that is so interesting about being a human, and I don't think this is just to writing songs. I think it's just that we always see our lives and the product of our lives as us. And so you sit there at an award show, and I and John or whatever we're each doing that is somebody celebrating or you're up there on the stage and you see other people, you're still going like, ah, oh, God, this is just not, there could be... T- a thousand people here. It could have been a three week number one. I should have had two more hit. We just can't yes. get past right, the, right. the end of ourselves, which is why God is so kind. And and I think to your point, the best the best we can do is to see these things as offerings that don't define who we are. Yeah. And then you can actually sort of look at it and go yes. like this is pretty great. Like yes. that was a good song. You know, like when it's not an end to itself and it's and it's a it's a offering of a thing that has God in it it starts to get a little redeemed and then you Mm -hmm. go like I can actually listen to this song and sort of enjoy it and it not be like well the next one's really going to be the thing that makes me who I am right and so I think it's an interesting it's an interesting Sisyphus thing or like you know Solomon sort of shot calling this you know years ago of going like hey I've I've done tell me the thing you want to do it's going to be I've done it right I'm the richest guy that's ever lived the wisest guy that's ever lived 
those things just didn't, you know, but yet still I'm like, yeah, but my version of your thing is going to yeah. roll. It's yes. going to really do it for me. <laughs> and so I think like, you know, that's what I love about who you are still going, no, but it doesn't mean I don't write songs anymore. It means that it's got to be a different way of doing it. It's got to right. have a different end. It's got to mean something different. It's no longer the, this is my chance to redeem myself. Right. You know? And yeah. it's really just got to be your love of the process. Yeah. Well, and of two, whatever finding, it is. I think yes. finding God in that thing, like you are communing with God and creating yes. something right. and that's its own reward. Well, and that's the gift from God yeah. is the process of this thing. I don't think that the gifts, there's no like the Academy Award. That's not the gift. Yeah. The gift, like the, the, the mark of a successful career is that you are still desperate to write songs. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is the win. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know? I think all the lessons would still be true if none of those accolades were a part of your yeah. career. You know? I mean, to sit, this happened to me actually literally this morning. I've got a song I started, and I literally was having so much fun playing this guitar part that I stopped and was like, Jesus, this is awesome. Like, wow. Like that that moment, is a beautiful that's moment. That's the reward. That if, if a that's lyric never phenomenal. Comes, but that is the moment I'm like, God's like, this is this. Is, yes, yes, this is it. This. Like, and again, it, like, to bring it down to songwriting, like when I hear you say that, I'm like, I know that feeling, and I love it. And I'm all—I've got a little thing in the back of my in my backyard, a little writer's room. And I know on any given day, I gotta go out there and try. But the odds are, twenty and three thousand, uh, yeah, that I'm not gonna feel yeah. that way. And a lot of times, uh, I'm shooting all over the place right here. But like as you're talking, a lot of the the theme that I'm walking away with is like those who are not constrained by a fear of failure. Right. That is a real gift. And I do believe, to touch on what you were saying earlier about, you tell me about your father, I'll tell you who you are. I do think that's a thing that our moms and dads, and maybe especially our dads just as men, hand down to us. Mm. Our ability to, you know, to navigate failure and live with it or be taken down by it. And, and, Somehow you were able to weather through all that. And maybe it's just your, your sheer love for the process of it. Well, I, I mean, I, I think I was, I was desperate to try to articulate something to make sense of uh, things that made no sense. Mm. And uh-huh. I was trying to figure out a way to, um, you know, find redemption in heartache. And, I mean, we do know, we know that only through pain, is beauty revealed? Mm-hmm. You're just not going to find it. You're not going to go find beauty in beauty, right? <laughs> so, I mean, dropping the gems. It's okay, so, true. It's thank so you. True. You thank- guys writing oh, some I- of this down? Yeah. <laughs> I don't <laughs> see a pen and paper anywhere. We have a transcript. You'll get okay. it. Okay. Oh, we actually turn them into little pamphlets that we <laughs> thank get you at Hillsborough Village. Um, so I have one really last question then we'll, we'll ask you the two that we kind of sum up with every week do you find with your daughter who's a songwriter yes like is that I, I've, I've thought about this a lot with you i'm like that would just be such an interesting thing to have a kid do what you do because it's such a weird career right it's so bizarre it's wonderful and beautiful and hard and infuriating yeah. and all the things probably like a lot of vocations are but what is that like i mean do you is it do you have to have <laughs> i'm speaking of myself i would have to have so much discipline to not just want to one dump a million things onto that child right. and be like, let me tell you everything. But also, they play the song and I mean, you know, you're, mm, mm, mm. yeah, okay, like, mm. 
you know, close. what is it like having a kid that does that? Well, it's amazing. And we all know our children and, you know, this particular child, Claire, has, and she's uh, great. The good thing is she is really she's good. Really good. So, so you're you're you know you've already got a little grace there that you're not sort of yeah. She you know honestly Claire's got the magic. Yeah, and she once does. you know that it's just yeah. it's just a matter of time. So I just I I enjoy it. It's a great thrill. Um, and you know I really believe Claire will achieve amazing things. In her uh, in her creative life, so it's and and I, you know in that I am I'm Claire's father. Mm-hmm. I'm not her co. I mean, yeah. we do co-write. I'm not the publisher. I'm not the critic. I'm the fan, yeah. and I'm the father. That's much. That's, that's a much easier to place mm-hmm. to be. You know, it, it the ages of your children. I don't. You have to be a little more hands-on and mm-hmm. critiquing and, you know, trying to fine-tune things. But at this point, it's like, hey, man, you're amazing. This is f- – it's incredible. I mean, what, so, what yeah. is it like writing with her? I mean, are you just – I Honestly, I mean, she's she, she's one of the – she will suffer no fools in a co-write. She'll be mm-hmm. like, no, that's not – no, I don't <laughs> well, think – I would think the trick would be coming the other way. Like if I'm co-writing with my daughter Livy and she's like, what about – the book then fell, and we all ran home. And I'd be like, "That's the greatest line I've ever heard." Yes, well, <laughs> it doesn't even rhyme, and I love it. I know it. <laughs> there's that. It, it's uh, you know, it's there's a good side and a bad side. Yeah. To, uh, that would be the. But it, the 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 good side is is great. I'm so proud of her and um, and her new husband. And I mean, mm-hmm. they're they're both songwriters, so Gosh. it's it's really it's pretty crazy. But they're both so ridiculously talented that. I mean, they play me demos. I'm like, you know, you could have called me. I could have been in on that song. That's it's like, oh god, that's so good. That would be that yeah. That'd great. be really. That'd be. <laughs> there's so many things intrinsic yes. to that relationship that are hysterical. To yeah, me. and also would be, you know, like I think about my son who plays soccer, and I love soccer, and it's like he had a game last night, and there's just so many things you experience because. I have all these insanely critical things going on. Like, you're too, right. be here, don't right. be there, or like, come on, hustle, or like, get rid of the ball, or get the ball. You know? Yes. And it's just all this dark, really weird things that are happening. Right. You know, and at the same time, then he, you know, he scored. And I'm right. like, oh my, penalty kick. I'm like, just couldn't, I mean, I'm like immediately crying. Yes. You know? Just like, but it's like, there's, I can't imagine Though if they came to me and were songwriters, right, like right. if I feel that way, and I don't even play soccer, growing up, you know, imagine they're sitting there playing for you, like all the things where it's like you're elated, but you're also like, I can't imagine. But but you said it so well, and I think it's a reminder to me. And ultimately, I turned to one of my best friends last night, Isaac, who's been on the podcast, and I was like, he's like, what are you thinking right now? I was like, I got so many things I wanted. To, I want to walk over at halftime, and he goes, and he literally looks at me, he's like. We're not going to do that. Right. But you said it so well. The ultimate thing that we're always doing is really just being a, a fan, yeah, and and, yeah. and and encouragement in those moments where he, where she sits with you and goes like, "Hey, I really do need you to tell like, yes. what's happening in this song?" And right. you go, "Okay, I do have a couple thoughts." Yeah, and you're asking me to tell you. Yes, and I'll sort of let you in on that. But I mean, it's hard because the the inertia is always for me one direction. Oh, it is yeah. to go like, let me tell you all my wisdom I'm about to dispense upon you. (laughs) You know, that's got to be a really, really interesting dance, you know. 
Uh, okay, so we have two questions we always end with. Um, I'll ask you the first one. Just your social security number, and if yeah. you have a credit card, just any, <laughs> the first part of that. No, the first one is, um, what is the one thing that you want your kids to know? Mm. I would want them to know that, um, I would want them to have eyes to see the, they have been kept, they're being kept, and will be kept by the gentle grace of God. Mm. Jeez. That's beautiful. Okay, and last question. What do you want your kids to say at your funeral? Mm. Oh, my gosh. Whew. The people weep on that. That's mm. a good one. I feel like often we cry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot more about John and I. Um, wow, that is really emotional. Gosh, let me think. Ask me the question again. What do you want your kids to say at your funeral? My father <laughs> loved me well. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's it. That is <laughs> it. Man, John, the the laser shot at the end. Wow, it's the, it's the final. It's the final. God, time. no kidding. That is that's awesome. Uh, Tom, thank you so yeah, this has been much. Great, thank man. you. Gosh, guys, yeah. it was awesome. <laughs>